Welcome to Hub & Flow, a podcast produced by Natural Gas Intelligence. On a mission to provide transparency to the natural gas market, Hub & Flow focuses on key fundamentals driving the price of natural gas and LNG in the United States, Canada, and Mexico. Natural Gas Intelligence, or NGI, is a subscription-based price reporting agency, which means we provide trusted and independent natural gas pricing and news for the North American market. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of NGI's Hub & Flow podcast. This is Patrick Rao, NGI's Director of Strategy and Research. I'm going to spend a few minutes today pondering the question, has Wall Street created a legal U.S. oil and gas cartel? Since we at NGI focus on natural gas prices, allow me to do that for a brief moment. U.S. dry gas production is up roughly 4.5% so far year-to-date in 2022, although that figure is skewed higher somewhat by substantial production losses in February 2021 caused by winter storm Uri. A better comparison is to note that between 2012 and 2019, U.S. dry gas production grew at an annualized trendline rate of about 4.4% per year. But production was largely flat in 2020 and 2021, as most publicly traded producers have been in maintenance mode. U.S. gas production is just now returning to pre-COVID levels, despite spot market Henry Hub pricing the rise—excuse me, rising to levels not seen in 13 years. Now, not so long ago, U.S. producers would have been much more ready to ramp up production in response to these higher prices, but we're just not seeing that today. Keep in mind that despite the recent rash of M&A activity in the United States, E&P space, the industry is still highly competitive based on market share tools used by U.S. regulators, things like herfindahl hirschman indexes, eight-firm concentration ratios, and other measures that will ensure that you never make any friends if you talk about them at parties. Thus, in order for a fragmented market like this to hold back production, it either must be the result that scores of producers all randomly had the same idea at the same time, or it's the result of a coordinated effort to hold back supply. Now, obviously, a deliberate group effort from producers to undersupply the market would be strong evidence of collusion and would be a per se violation of U.S. antitrust laws. But that's not really what's going on here. I mean, all you have to do is look at the growth in active rigs among private producers to know that this is not a coordinated effort among producers to restrict supply. Rather, it's the impact of Wall Street which has been preaching capital discipline for publicly traded producers for the last three years or so. On more than a few occasions in the recent past, any attempts by public producers to increase rigs and capex by any meaningful amount have been shunned and have been met by having their stock prices get whacked by the investment community. And just how impactful has this been? Well, we estimate that public E&Ps account for roughly two-thirds of all U.S. natural gas production. And while we haven't run the numbers for crude oil production, it's reasonable to assume that this is similar. So Wall Street is having a massive impact on producer impact in the United States. And look, this is something that had to happen at some point because energy companies all throughout the value chain, and we're talking EMPs, oil field service companies, and even midstream names, they simply were not earning their cost of capital for the first 10 plus years or so of the shale revolution. I don't know of a single industry that can survive long-term without earning a return on capital greater than its cost of capital, at least without receiving serious government subsidies. Not a single industry can do that. 
The result of Wall Street putting the hammer down is that gone are the days of freewheeling spending from the public EMPs, and most have committed to growing by no more than 5% in any one year. But what about this year, in 2023, especially following the Russian invasion of the Ukraine? We believe the growing embargo of Russian oil and gas from the world market is placing a greater call on U.S. producers to fill the gap. And the Biden administration is certainly advocating for that. Many producers, again, have indicated that they won't grow by more than 5% unless they get buy-in from their shareholders. And one of the requirements for that, in our view, it's higher longer-term prices. So if we just focus on natural gas here for a moment, we can certainly check that box. As Henry Hub prices for the years 2024 through 2027 have increased nearly a dollar to $4.36 per MMPTU, which is a 29% increase since February the 23rd, the day before the invasion. So there are some very good returns to be had by producers here. So in our view, the question isn't really about the willingness for U.S. publicly traded producers to grow production to meet this global call. It's much more about their ability to do so. And we believe that this is largely because of a shortage of equipment, supplies, and labor, or that those things are impacting the ability of producers to grow their production right now. To wit, Neighbors Industry polls uh, their largest customers about their planned upcoming activity each quarter. And based on their most recent survey, they've concluded that U.S. producers are looking to add another 100 rigs by the end of calendar 2022. Helmer and Payne noted that there are roughly 150 super spec rigs that are available, so that shouldn't be much of a problem, right? Well, hardly. Several producers noted during the first quarter 2022 earnings calls that if you want a new rig today, you have to wait anywhere between two to six months at a minimum to get that, and that depends on what type of rig you're looking for, what kind of upgrades you want, what kind of functionality you want. Why this delay? Well, for one... Most of the available rigs either have been stacked for more than two years or need refurbishments to come up to par. And both these things will be difficult and costly to accomplish in this market, given a serious lack of labor and supply chain issues. Another major constraint out there is a lack of pressure pumping spreads, which are essentially sold out right now. According to Next Tier Oil Field Solutions, the current active fleet in the U.S. is roughly 255 spreads, and in their opinion, the maximum number that we can reach in 2022 in the United States and maybe even going to early next year is only about 265 spreads or so. So not a whole lot of room to grow this year. They opine that 2023, eh, the U.S. might get to 280, 282 spreads on a net basis. So remember, there's a lot of natural attrition in the pressure pumping space. So there might be more gross rigs that are added next year, excuse me, gross spreads, but on a net basis, we're only looking at an increase of about 15, 16, 17 or so. Now, since 2018, the United States typically runs 2.4 rigs for every frat crew. So just using that simple math, adding just 10 more frat crews in 2022 would support only 25 additional rigs for the rest of this year and no more than, say, 40 more rigs for all of next year. Therefore, any surge in the rig count above these figures, this could lead to less current and more deferred production in the form of an increase in drilled but uncompleted wells in the coming quarters. Now, we note that even sand supply has been an issue for many recent months. 
in no small part because supply chain issues on railroads have prevented and in some cases have priced out northern white sand from entering the market. Now look, oil field service companies and drillers, they could help alleviate this bottleneck by increasing their supply of equipment, but for the most part, they are not. Some may be willing to refurbish a small amount of existing equipment, but practically none of them are willing to invest in new builds right now. And why is that, you ask? Because the majority of U.S. oil field service and drilling companies are also publicly traded, and Wall Street is holding them accountable for achieving positive returns on invested capital as well. Exchange-traded oil field service and drilling companies, they're sticking to the original 2022 capital budgets by and large, despite surging demand for their hardware, because that's what Wall Street wants them to do. So while there may be a greater call for U.S. oil and gas in the months ahead, we believe these bottlenecks in the backdrop of Wall Street-mandated capital discipline will be a significant deterrent for the U.S. in answering that call. Now, just as something as an aside, and as I'll discuss actually more in my next podcast, is that it wouldn't be surprising if the investment community allows U.S. producers to step up production to displace Russian production over the longer term, but that would likely have the impact of depleting core U.S. acreage even more quickly, which in turn would likely require higher long-term prices to incentivize producers to drill less or more costly acreage. Okay, that aside aside, back to the original question. Has Wall Street created a legal U.S. oil and gas cartel? Well, look, I wouldn't go so far as to call it a cartel. As many publicly traded U.S. producers have indicated, they would increase their production at a faster clip this year if they could, especially at these elevated prices. Perhaps a better way of framing this is to say that public U.S. producers are not holding back output to create higher prices. We think they'd very much like to produce more as a result of these higher prices, and that is simply not the behavior of a cartel. But Wall Street has certainly hammered home the point that it will no longer accept negative returns of invested capital from the energy space, and that will cause production growth from public producers to slow compared to just a few years ago, which should help keep a floor on oil and gas prices in the U.S., everything else being equal. So while that may not be a cartel, the end result is largely the same, especially since publics comprise the overwhelming majority of U.S. oil and gas production. Now, perhaps this would change a bit more if more public producers became private. And we note that nearly all public EMPs have been buying back shares lately. However, they certainly aren't doing that at a pace that would take them off listed exchanges anytime soon. So unless it's a concentrated effort to become private, Publics should dominate the U.S. production landscape for years to come, and they will operate with Wall Street mandates clearly in mind. So that's all I have for today. On behalf of everyone at Natural Gas Intelligence, I'd like to thank you for listening. And until next time, y'all stay safe out there. Take care, everyone. Dependable data drives informed business decisions. Trust NGI to provide your natural gas and LNG data for North America. If your business requires daily, weekly, or midweek pricing data, forward curves, or flow data, NGI has a reliable product suite to support you. Visit natgasintel.com backslash services to understand what we have to offer and how we can help you and your business today.
Thank you for listening to NGI's Hub and Flow podcast today. We encourage you to subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it, and please do share it with your colleagues. A trusted provider of natural gas news, data, and pricing information for North America, NGI offers subscription-based products. Please visit natgasintel.com if you are interested in NGI and our services. If you would like to dive deeper into this subject, additional resources are available on our website as well. Just visit natgasintel.com and click on the resources tab to find the podcast page.